Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Unending Rebuild. Super happy to be back for another week of all Dynasty Fantasy Football content. Uh, today, we got a fun episode. We joined a new startup. Uh, we are about 13 rounds in, so we're going to be covering the draft up until this point, talking through our picks, walking through the order. Uh, and yeah, it's going to be fun. Leagues with some uh, good folks in it. Uh, somewhat high stakes too. Uh, joining me as always are Josh Lee and Jared Perlman. Guys, say what's up. Yo, what's up, guys? Uh, it's Perlman here. Uh, Kai says somewhat high stakes. Uh, I say pretty high stakes. This is my high stakes league. I don't know what the hell Kai is kind of fantasy football he playing, uh, but I guess he got he playing for big money. Uh, I'm excited. I think we got a good team. It's fun to be on a team with both you guys uh, talking out every pick, and now we'll we'll do it for for you guys. Show you guys our thought processes and how our team's going. Yeah, what's up, guys? Uh, Josh Lee here. Uh, yeah, this has been a super super st- fun startup to be a part of. Um, I mean. Uh, me, Kais, and Perlman, we drafted our Scott Fishbowl team last year, and that team was a monster, too. Uh, if only a few guys yeah. didn't go down, if Lamar didn't get hurt, uh, we would have been we would have been riding hot through the playoffs. Um, but uh, here we are again with this startup, and um, I'm liking the team that we've we, we built out so far. So we'll, today we'll go ahead and talk about those picks. So I'm excited. Yeah, let's get right into it. So this league, is, we were invited by some of the guys at the Undroppables. There's a handful of guys throughout the industry in it. It's a, it's a really great league that we're in, really active trading and chat so far. So it's already been uh, a lot of fun. Um, some particular rules about the league. Uh, I think it's like a point for first downs. Uh, it's Josh, what was the completion stats? It was like 0.75 for a completed pass, something like that. It's uh, Oh, you're talking about from the, for the quarterbacks? For the quarterbacks, yeah. Uh, let me pull it up. All right. As Josh pulls it up, uh, it's PPR, obviously, super flex. It's half PPR, uh, actually. Half PPR. Half PPR and with, with tight end, tight end premium. Tight it's okay. Premium. It's it, it's yeah. 0.75 tight end premium, <laughs> half PPR. There are points for completions, and there are negative points for incompletions. Um, Six-point so passing touchdown. Six-point passing touchdown. A pick six thrown also gets you minus three, and an interception is also minus three. So it's uh, minus six for a pick six. For a pick six. So, yeah. Incompleted pass, you get minus three – or point three, sorry. And then a completed pass, you get plus point two. So you get more for an incompletion – or you lose more for an incompletion than you gain. Point two versus point three. Uh, it's – also, uh, 0.4 for a rushing first down and 0.6 for a receiving first down. So you get a bit more for a receiving first down, uh, which also I think would help the quarterback. It, it helps uh, lower the quarterback scoring if you get the same, if you were to get the same as for a rushing first down. And then, like I said, with the tight end premium, it's 0.75. So uh, 0.5 PPR that tight ends getting another 0.75. You know, that's time and a half. So that's that's a big premium, and you'll see how that plays into our draft. Uh, strategy later it's crazy so, uh, a, a tight end receiving first down is 1.85 points for just yeah. the reception yep that is insane and then you wow. get the yards baby and you get the yards it's crazy let's so, go in, in summary right. here in summary here don't listen to me as i explain the rules and be prepared like jared is uh also it's like i said super flex start two running backs three wide receivers i tight end and then you have one two three four uh flexes so and the draft is 42 rounds long jared and i were scrolling down there earlier before josh joined and it gets gross uh but with that said let's go ahead and get into the draft so i'm just going to run through each pick we'll call up things that are notable and then talk about uh 
each one of our picks as well. So we started off with the ninth pick. Uh, the first nine went Patrick Mahomes at 101, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Joe Burrow, Justin Herbert, Lamar Jackson, Trevor Lawrence, our first non-quarterback, and Justin Jefferson. And then we were up following, and we took uh, Justin Fields. Um, I think we felt pretty confidently about this one. It seemed like there was a tear-breaking quarterback after that. Uh, and I, we, we came into it knowing that we wanted to have a strong team this year. Uh, and I think Fields gives us a really good chance to do that with a lot of future upside if that passing thing gets worked out. But, yeah, I was happy to get him here. Really wanted to start with the quarterback. Uh, what are our thoughts on this one? Loved getting uh, Justin Fields here at 109. Um, he's kind of a cheat code in fantasy. Uh, he's basically a running back that you can put in at the quarterback position. Uh, and he's going to give you a lot. He's going to give you a very stable rushing floor, and then all of the passing is just kind of the icing on the cake. Um, so I think the Bears take a step forward in terms of their passing game this season. They added DJ Moore. Um, so they have a competent receiver core now. Um, so I I'm excited for the Bears. They they added a lot of draft capital. I thought that they did the draft right, um, and I think this team is going to take a step forward. What do you think, Perlman? Yeah, same thing. I thought there's tier tier break in the quarterback. Had to go quarterback right there at nine. Uh, didn't want Dak or Deshaun, um, and would have been hard to get them on our next picks anyway. Uh, and I love just yeah the versatility Fields brings. Glad that he has DJ Moore there. So uh, you know, good pick. I was happy with it. Definitely the guy that I wanted. I know you guys were thinking uh, maybe Trevor and Fields would fall. We have a decision, but I was happy with Fields either way. And we didn't get our decision, but uh, still glad to get Fields. So. Let's go, Justin Fields. Put him on the board. All right. So from there, uh, it went to the 10th overall pick. We had a run of some non-quarterbacks. At 10th overall, uh, we had uh, Jamar Chase. At 11, we had Bijan. Uh, 12, CD Lamb. Wait, let, let, let's, let's talk about Bijan real quick. Yeah, go Look, for guys, it. Guys, I'm curious, Perlman, you too. I'm, I'm curious where you guys would have wanted to draft Bijan in a startup draft. I mean, I'm happy with RB1. I think the well, Atlanta... In terms of, like, yeah. would you have taken him over any of the players that have been drafted thus far? No. Would you take any of the guys that were drafted after him over Bijan at that spot? Oh. So, talk about the guys that are that are after him. Yeah, so immediately afterward, it went CeeDee Lamb, Garrett Wilson, Dak Prescott, AJ Brown. Take any of those guys over Bijan? It's tough too. I, I honestly think 111 is about where you would take him. Uh, it was even a bit early for Garrett Wilson too, I thought, but I don't hate it. But I, I think you can make an argument for wanting to go quarterback just because of the position premium. Um, but that said, I mean, I think Bijan's probably a really solid pick here. What do you think, Josh? Yeah, I think. I mean, looking at everybody else back here, I think I would have taken Bijan Robinson in that spot too. Um, it's one of the best running back prospects that we've seen in a long, long time. Um, the last time I remember a prospect getting this sort of buzz was from Saquon. Um, and if Saquon had never gotten hurt, who knows what his career looks like. Um, so I'm really excited for Bijan Robinson. And I think that that's about the right spot. That's where I would have taken Bijan. Perlman, how about you? Yeah, I like Bijan at 11. Um, 
The only guy I would even probably consider over him is A.J. Brown, just because I love A.J. Brown. I think he's just an absolute beast of a receiver all the way around and on a great offense, um, even if they're not the most uh, you know pass-first team. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys pretty much said it all. Bijan is, a, is one of the best prospects we've seen in the last decade plus. So um, hopefully he pans out at that position. Um, but it is scary not to go in quarterback. I definitely uh, was happy that we got one in the first round. But once you get to 10, 11, 12, you know, you just got to take that best player available, which, you know, ends up being a skill position guy. Uh, and I like Bijan there. He's young. He's he should be a great talent and uh, lots of volume incoming in Atlanta. So I like it. All right. So reminder after us, it went uh, Chase Robinson, CeeDee Lamb, Garrett Wilson, Dak Prescott, AJ Brown. And then we were up again at the 204, but we actually decided to trade back here. Because um, we wanted AJ. Give me the AJ. Yeah. Sad, we were sad. really hoping to get AJ Brown falling to us, but he went right before a 203. That was brutal. We were stressing about that. So we decided to trade back because we didn't really like Deshaun Watson uh, for obvious reasons. And, you know, we felt like if we trade back and later into the second round, we'd be able to hit on a similar tier. So we ended up trading uh, and moving back to 210. And then with that, we uh, moved up in the fourth round and the sixth round. Uh, so draft continues after Deshaun Watson, who they took at 204, goes Christian McCaffrey to five. Anthony Richardson, so first rookie off the board, uh, or second rookie off the board, excuse me, because we talked about Bijan for five minutes. But, uh, and to be clear, this did happen after the draft took place. Uh, then Jonathan Taylor to seven, Brees Hall to eight, two nine, Kyla Murray. And then here we were up at two ten, and we had to go with the official mascot of the Unending Rebuild podcast, if you had asked Josh and Jared. Yes, sir. And we went with Tua Tago Viola. The uh, boy. Jared, you want to go ahead and uh, explain our thought process on that pick? Yeah, I mean, basically, I was begging up and down that we go Tua in the third round, and then we realized that there's no way in hell Tua falls to, to our pick in the third round. Uh, and I think we were we would have been right because it does look like that tier is gone. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, we love Tua. Tua, I think, should be just as valuable uh, as, you know, those guys at the 8 and 9 uh, and 10 picks uh, if he was healthy. I think he was extremely similar to Trevor Lawrence uh, in value uh, coming into the season. And I think his value should have, you know, should be where Trevor's is. Uh, if he stayed healthy, he has a better receiving core. He was extremely efficient, great passing down the field. And uh, Tyree Kill said he's playing three more seasons before he retires. That's plenty, plenty more. Uh, and hopefully he'll still have Waddle for years and years to come. So uh, I, I mean, I just, I, I absolutely love Tua. I was happy that we were able to trade up in the fourth and the sixth. Uh, like Kai said, this is a third round reversal. So that's why four and six are trade ups and not three and five. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just, I, I love Tua. So extremely happy to have him here on yet another dynasty team. Yeah, and as someone like myself who's a bit less high on Tua than Jared is, even though I still like him, you know, I mean, you can quash any of those concerns by just saying that he has Waddle and Tyreek Hill to throw at. I mean, I think a lot of quarterbacks would do well in that situation. And even if it's just like someone that just does check downs or dump offs, they're going to create fantasy value for that quarterback because of how electric they are. So Yeah, but also Tua had the highest uh, like average depth of target in the league. So even, you know, exactly, you know that, exactly. that yeah, yeah, that dump off saying, stat, not even yeah. close to who he is. Just saying. No, I'm not. I'm saying that. I know. I'm just saying. Even if I'm it was saying, a quarterback there, Yeah, but you didn't need like to say that. that because he's not even close to that. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, Tua is also – Tua is the best uh, deep ball passer in the entire league. Um 
is yards per attempt, 8.9 yards per attempt, uh, first in the NFL. Uh, air yards per attempt, 9.3, third in the NFL. Uh, deep ball completion percentage, 50%, number one in the NFL. Red zone completion percentage, 65.3%, number two in the NFL. Disgusting. Um, QBR, 68.5, number three in the NFL. Expected points added, EPA, plus 149.4, number three in the NFL. Uh, like this guy is just, he's he's a very precise, just um, elite processing quarterback in the NFL. And he's great at getting the deep balls to Tyree Kill, to, to Jalen Waddell. Um, Passer rating versus man, 117.8, number one in the NFL. Like th- this guy, like he, he doesn't miss his throws. He's extremely, extremely accurate, and he hits his speedsters inside uh, in stride. He he hits Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill where they can use their abilities to their uh, full potential, where they can catch the ball in space, catch the ball in stride, and just take off running. And that's why they're able to produce so many touchdowns and be such an efficient offense. Um, it's because Tua is getting the ball exactly to the spot it's that they so need beautiful at exactly the time that needs to be there. Um, and that's why this Dolphins offense is going to be just insane this for, for another another two or three years uh, because a, of this offense. It's and what everybody us, wants Dak to be. You know, exactly. you can't hit him in stride. Give me that in stride pass to his. And he had Kellen Moore as his offensive coordinator just like dialing up just like great plays. And he, mm-hmm. it's, but it's yeah. Yep. Two has got a great head coach though too, you know, scheming up great plays. So it's really uh, – like all around good situation there in Miami. Really happy to have him. Uh, wish we could have got more pieces of the offense, but uh, we might have had one or two. So happy <laughs> to have alert. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yeah, to be able to trade back to two ten to get him also like and move up in the in the fourth and sixth. I mean, really, I think set our, our draft up well. Uh, but moving on from Tua, two eleven was Bryce Young, another rookie. Two twelve, Amon Ra. Then, like we mentioned, there's a third round reversal. So we're up again here at 3-4. 3-1 with Waddle. Uh, oh. We were definitely eyeing him. Oh, we I wanted Waddle so bad. This oh one guy, Hilo, has the best receiving core. In- <laughs> His I receiving mean, core is insane. It, he started off Jamar, A.J. Brown, Amon Ra, Waddle. <laughs> yeah, that's an insane, <laughs> insane. insane. So all, all the credit <laughs> in the world to him to just, like, committing to the wide receivers and just having an absurd receiver board. Um yeah, and then 3-2, uh, first tight end off the board in this tight end premium league. Uh, I think it took a little while for, those, for that to get rolling, but Travis Kelsey at 3-2, uh, CJ Stroud at 3-3, three, three, uh, and then we were up again 3-4, and you know we had to go get that stack. We had to go get Tyreek Hill. Um, I mean, to have Tua and Reek on the same team is kind of ridiculous. Uh, if this were a best ball team, that would be even more ridiculous, but just uh, – it's just cake. I mean, you know, it's going to be good. You know, it's going to be fine. And yeah, love that pick. Yeah. Tyree kill uh, is he, he's a stud. Like there's nothing he's, else to say. He's, he's, that's why we're guy. Yeah, um, guy. I mean, like, yeah, I had to pause a little bit there just cause like, what more is there to say? <laughs> Number two wide receiver last year. I mean, and he scored all of his touchdowns while Tua was on the field. No touchdowns uh, for Waddle, Waddle or Tyreek uh, while Tua didn't play. And Tyreek only had seven touchdowns, and he was wide receiver too. 1,700 yards in that offense. <laughs> That's just, I mean, I guess he had eight touchdowns. He had a rushing touchdown. But 1,700 yards in the air on that. Like that, uh, You love that. How do you not take that in the third round? Uh, so, yeah, we had to get the stack. Hope uh, Tua stays healthy and they, they can just produce because it's fun to watch. I love that offense. 
team is insane. The the Dolphins are going to be a force this year. I'm excited. Yeah, it's going to be great. Mm-hmm. All right, so then three four we took Reek. Uh, three five with Kirk Cousins. Three six Chris Olave. Three seven Kenneth Walker. Three eight Saquon Barkley. Three nine Jameer Gibbs. Three ten Devonte Smith. Three eleven uh, Travis Etienne. And then here we are at three twelve. And you know what happens here at three twelve? We decided the boys had to move up. We didn't want to leave this draft without an elite tight end option. Uh, and we made that move, and we traded up to the 312. Uh, and it was kind of a complicated trade. Basically, we just kind of switched around a couple rounds and also gave him our 2024 first uh, to be able to get this pick without having to give up a pick in the seventh We also round. Gave, we gave up a seventh-round pick for this as well. Yeah, yeah. And we got uh, Mark Andrews at 312. I thought this was great value. Uh this monk in offense is going to have Andrews just feasting like Brock Bowers did last year at Georgia. Uh, he's Lamar's guy. He's wide receiver one over there. He's still pretty young for a tight end too. And in this premium league, we had to go make this move. And I was ecstatic that we were able to get it all. 1.85 for a receiving first down for a tight With, end. Not, not even counting the yards. Not even counting the yards of the touchdown. Like Mark Andrews is going to be a broken in this in this format um damn do it, touchdowns count as first downs like i was just wondering that that's a good question because that would be high. maybe it's like if it's a like a, a touchdown of over 10 yards maybe we'll find out i guess we'll find out we'll find out let's go oh i'm excited for this league oh, man i'm excited for this league yeah, I was really happy to get Mark Andrews. Uh, I mean, I think he's a stud. Like, I, I wish we could have paired him with Lamar, too. But uh, Mark Andrews is, even with the new receivers, he's probably still going to be the focal point of the offense. He's just, he's a great separator. He has great hands, great body leverage, great after the catch. He's uh, hes one of the top tight ends in the league. He, he had a, an incredible season last year, uh, or sorry, two years ago, where he was tight end number one overall. Finally, someone dethroned Kelsey. Uh, although only one to do that in like six years. So um, he was the only guy that we thought has that potential besides maybe Kyle Pitts. Um, but Pitts has yet to prove it. And Mandrews has still has uh, plenty of years uh, on Kelsey in terms of age. And so he should be around for a while uh, pr- producing points in that new Todd Munkin offense. So we're excited for the team. All right. So after Andrews, it went 4-1 T Higgins, 4-2 Kyle Pitts. And then 4-3, we're up again because this is where we moved up in the fourth round to move back in the uh, second round. And, you know, we figured we had some older guys here so far besides Fields. Uh, we're not really older, I guess. Our quarterbacks are young, but we wanted to get a young receiver. And this is where we had to go get the guy. We had to go get the podcast guy, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Uh, we've been hyping him up for a while and uh, was happy to get here at 4-3. Um, maybe a little bit against our team mold, but we want to get some young skill players in there too to make sure that, you know, our window is not just like two years and then we traded away our 24 first and it was an uh-oh. But yeah, was really happy to get JSN here. Yeah, uh, 
Kai's just, you know, isn't bullish enough on JSN is basically the point there. Uh, he's scared <laughs> that this year JSN won't produce uh, for some reason that I honestly have no idea. It really doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever why you would ever think JSN wouldn't produce this year. They got he's, top wide receiver. Oh, okay. Yeah. And he, yeah, whatever. He yeah, had Garrett Wilson and Olave and he was the best <laughs> receiver on the team. He had the most yards. Even if like it does, it literally doesn't matter. He's going to ball. Like the only yeah, way he doesn't is if he gets hurt again. Like Jason is going to be a monster. I have I'm so overexposed in best ball in my dynasty leagues I now. And like, <laughs> I have three dynasty JSNs. I got like 50% exposure in my best balls. Like I'm all in on JSN. Like there's really there's no reason to hate this dude. He can stop on a dime. He can shake you out your shoes. He's so smooth with it. There's really like so many things to love about him. I think he's going to be the alpha almost immediately there in Seattle. And it's going to be fun to watch. But, uh, you know, maybe it takes a couple weeks. Uh, but, guys, you'll see. You'll see soon enough. He's going to help our team real early this year. I'm excited. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I hope so. J- JSN is, is – uh... Perlman, I'm curious. What do you think the possibility – when do you think JSN becomes wide receiver one for the Seahawks? I thought you were going to ask me when he becomes the top five dynasty receiver, and I was going to say by the end of the year. Uh, so I don't know, probably pretty soon. Uh, yeah, that's right, guys. You can laugh all you want, but this dude right here, rookies, rookie skyrocket. This dude different. is different. He's different. Yeah. Absolute no, dog. To, to get this happen. dude in the early fourth, like it's going to be an absolute steal. The Seahawks offense is fun. Uh, I'm not worried about you know, target competition at all. As, as long as Gino doesn't completely regress to his rookie days, uh, to his Jets ways, there's uh there's really no doubt in my mind that JSN is going to be an absolute stud producer right off rip. Yeah, probably like one one of the, the <laughs> so one of the tweets that I tweeted out on our as part of the JSN thread. Uh, I know we love our stats here on, on this podcast, and uh, the yards per route run stat boy, uh, the yards per route run are crazy for JSN. Okay, so at Ohio State in 2021, Chris Olave's yards per route run were 2.21. Garrett Wilson's yards per route run were 3.00, and JSN's yards per route run were 4.01. JSN averaged a full yard over Garrett Wilson playing on the same field. That's ridiculous. They're they're eating into each other's denominators. Like this is this is insane. Like JSN was producing at a much higher level or at, at an elite level while sharing the field with two first round NFL receivers, and both of these guys killed it in their rookie season. Yeah, I mean, like, Garrett Wilson vaulted himself into, like, the top, like, what? He was the fourth receiver, I think, took taken off the board, right? Yeah, Gar- Garrett. Garrett Wil- yeah, Garrett Wilson was the fourth receiver off the board after just his rookie year, and Jason was better than him. That One year, they were both starters. So uh, I'm excited, if you couldn't tell. Uh, I'm not saying he's already going to be better than Wilson, but there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Guys, uh, yeah. there there was one game that season when Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave didn't play. And uh, do you know what Jason's stat line was that game? Yeah, it was the Utah game, right? When they were playing like their, their what was it, like their practice squad running back at corner or something like that. Utah's entire secondary was like out that game. He put up 15 uh, receptions, 347 yards and three touchdowns. I'm just not ready to crown him as a top five wide receiver by the end of the year. Uh, but I, I do like him a lot. So in the two uh, games he played without them, 
That year, 30 catches, 587 yards, four touchdowns in two games. That's pretty good. Didn't get 600, though. Couldn't quite get the average 300 yards per game. <laughs> Not quite. Only like 285. All right. We can go on from JSN there. At four, I don't three. know. I want to talk about it some more. I don't have anything else. I just <laughs> – sorry. <laughs> Love me some JSN. Super glad that we got him on this team. That's at least great. four three solid. So at four three JSN, four four DK Metcalf, four five Stefan Diggs, four six Devontae Adams, four seven Drake London, four eight TJ Hawkinson, uh four nine Daniel Jones, four ten Christian Watson, four eleven Cooper Cup, four twelve Tony Pollard, five one Jordan Addison, uh five two Josh Jacobs, five three jerry judy and here are your boys up again at five four hey guys before we announce our pick yeah can we can we talk about that last round after our pick because a lot of players went off the board yeah um what do you, want to bring do you think do you think anyone in that range is overpriced and should not be going in that range let's see i mean i'm not gonna say anything about Diggs or adams because those are the guys drake london should be tj hawkinson i mean tight end or, yeah, I mean, I think he and Goddard are pretty similar, so I have no complaint there. Daniel Jones with the quarterbacks, I mean, it kind of drops off after him, I think. You know, I I understand the arguments for and against Daniel Jones. We get a running quarterback, just got a contract, even though it's not super long. Um, I don't know if I would have made that pick. I think I like value later on a guy like maybe like Geno, Goff, or even Aaron Rodgers, but to each their own. Uh, Christian Watson. I mean, I like Christian Watson, but to take him ahead of Cooper Cup, who's sitting there at 4'11", is kind of nuts to me, I think. Um, I mean, Christian uh, Watson's a lot younger. Yeah, I just – I guess maybe not nuts, but I just – Strategies, I just really like you know. I, yeah, I just I, – Cooper Cup's going to be, like, top five wide receiver in the next couple of years um, in all likelihood. Tony Pollard, yeah, I mean – I feel like that's like the absolute peak of Tony Pollard's possible value. Um, I'm not going to be shocked if they bring a guy in there to split the time with him because he doesn't really seem like that guy to me, but he still can be really productive in that limited time. Jordan Addison, uh, that's fair. Yeah, Josh Jacobs, fair. Judy, yeah. I, I mean, I guess those are fair picks there. I mean, no one really – I like Judy a bit more than people do, but nothing really stands out horribly there to me. What about you? Yeah, Um I was I was gonna be curious on your thoughts on on Christian Watson. Um, Daniel Jones also a little bit high for me. Um, like you said, I I would prefer like a Geno Smith a little bit later and taking Daniel Jones over some of these other guys because um, Daniel Jones like he he's kind of spiky for a quarterback. Um, he puts up yeah. some 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 dud games sometimes, um, and you want your quarterbacks to constant consistently have like a pretty high floor. And like while he is a rushing quarterback, he. Uh, there are some games where he just doesn't run as much as others. Um, so his rushing production is spiky. And when the rushing production is spiky, it's, uh, it's, it's tough, especially because I have three quarterbacks already on my roster. Um, and so if a rushing quarterback has spiky rushing production and they're not, they don't produce a ton of fantasy points with their arm, it's tough to know when to start him sometimes. So mm-hmm. um, I like my set and forget sort of quarterbacks and take Daniel Jones here in the fourth round. Who's not a set and forget quarterback is a, uh, a little bit shaky for me, but um, I think he, it just points to the need to get quarterbacks early, you know. Yeah, exactly. I think you, so you can too. go ahead and get Cooper Cup here at 411, you know, and like 
if you have your quarterback sorted, that's fine. You know, like I don't know. Yeah, it's just yeah, uh, I, it just I, I agree. Quarterbacks, or just wait until like the seventh round to get like Aaron Rodgers or someone like that. Yeah, I'm not loving Daniel Jones's completion percentage either. I don't think that's going to be extremely helpful uh, in in this league either. There's uh, definitely a few bad games on there. Daniel Jones, not my favorite quarterback, but yeah, Cooper Cup, that value, just great. Uh, and I was surprised Tony Pollard went that early, but you know, uh, he should ball this year. So he's going to be a good starting running back, at least this year. Cowboys are going to want to slow it down more this year without Kellen run the ball a lot. Uh, so we'll see if Pollard can hold up or if Malik's going to have to take a lot off his plate or maybe even Ronald Jones. Um, but we'll see. Uh, but I mean, uh, did you say our pick yet, guys? I, I I like our pick. Uh, I have not. You want to announce it? Do the pleasure. Yeah, Do the we went audio. for the double tight end, Mr. Gregory George Kittle uh, from the 49ers. He's 29 years old, but hey, he's an absolute dog. He missed like, how many games did he miss last year? And he was still tight end three. Only two. All right. I thought he missed more. Purdy but, unlocked him. Yeah, Purdy unlocked him. I, I still think uh, Lance has a good shot to start, but. Like Lance is gonna gonna find Kittle. This man gets wide open. He's just like a yak machine too. He does not go down, uh, especially if there's a corner on him. Linebackers can't catch up to him. So it, it, like Kittle is just a machine. I think we're gonna love him in the tight end premium. The extra point seven five is gonna be huge for Kittle. Uh, yeah, I mean he's a target monster. Even with the other guys on the field, he had eight 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 and six in the playoff weeks, or no five eight and eight in the playoff weeks. Uh, and had you know just a ton of targets almost every time he was on the field. So I love getting Kittle. Uh, I think you know he has definitely a few more years of being a stud tight end. He's always on the field because he's a great blocker, and Shanahan loves him. So uh, just yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want uh, George Kittle at five four? Like that's just a great pick, I think. Yeah, it's just it's great just uh, leverage in the league too. If you know some guys are going to come out of here and be like, oh shit, it's tight end premium, and I don't have a good tight end. Then here we are sitting on Kittle, sitting on Mark Andrews, and they're going to be coming to us. And we're going to be able to get some really good value on another player if we wanted to. Or we could just keep Kittle. Like, we can flex him every week, and that'll be awesome. Like Josh was saying, what was it, like 1.85 points for a first down reception just for the catch? Yeah. yeah. So, like, I am happy with – very happy with putting Kittle in just our flex, too. Yeah, we have four flex spots, so uh, um, it's easy to pop them in there. And also, uh, I mean, Kittle is one of those fantasy players that can just go off for 30 on just any given day. Um, 40. And that's rare. 40 on any given day. Especially against me. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's very rare for, for at the tight end position. Um, but he's that guy. Um, so he, he's, he's a guy that can win you a week. And to be able to get a guy that can win you a week down here in the, what is this, the fifth round, um, especially with the tight end premium system that this league has, um, I wonder if that 40-point that game that he dropped two years ago would have been 50 in this league. And uh, that that's wiping any dude who we, put, who we go up against. I was just looking at three years ago, he had a 49-and-a-half-point game. So... Close, close. <laughs> 49.85 almost. Yeah, I Dog. think bully I mean, tight end yeah, here was I see great. One coming. Bully tight end here was great. Yeah. It was really good. Plus, you know, the next couple of picks, there's definitely some question marks. Uh, one running back I love, but a little bit older, another running back that uh, we thought we might fall. So, you know, we just kind of waited on the running back and you'll see what happens with our next pick. 
<laughs> yeah, so after Kittle, at 5'5", five, five went Austin Eckler. 5'6", Najee Harris. 5'7", Debo Samuel. 5'8", Javante Williams, which scares the hell out of me. 5'9", uh, Dallas Goddard. 5'10", Nick Chubb. 5'11", Ramondre Stevenson. 5'12", Traylon Burks. 6'1", Dalton Kincaid. Uh, risky. 6'2", Quentin Johnston. And then we got 6'3", which is our pick from, and again, moving back in the second, uh, moving up in part in the sixth. We're like, hey, we only have a running back here. Um, and we're kind of win now. So how about some uh, Derrick Henry? Let's get like an automatic RB1 in the room. Uh, and really King. solidify. Let's really just solidify this team as a, as a uh, competitor this year. I'm really happy to get him. Uh, I mean, it's great, really. He's the king. Uh, he gets the Texans twice in the playoffs this year. Week 15 and week 17, Derrick Henry plays the Texans. Okay, that's, that's, that, there's the logic. All right, we got it. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, obviously Derrick Henry's really good. Not really much to say. He's a bit older. Um, and that reflected uh, our strategy a bit later on with both getting some high-end older guys to kind of fit his window, but also some young guys to kind of, like, buttress the back end. Um, Jared, anything to add about Henry? All right. Uh, moving on from Derek Henry at 6'3", and then went DJ Moore at 6'4", DeAndre Swift at 6'5", Damian Pierce at 6'6", Michael Pittman at 6'7", Derek Carr at 6'8", J.K. Dobbins, Geno Smith, uh, Darren Waller, Pat Fryermuth, uh, Christian Kirk, Aaron Rodgers, Cam Akers, and then we traded away our seventh-round pick in the Andrews trade, and then you got Russell Wilson, Brandon Ayuk, Terry McLaurin, Will Levis, Trey Lance. Stop me if you want to talk about any of these. Kenny Pickett, Rashad White, Chris Godwin. Let's talk about Trey Lance real quick. Yeah, I hate it. <laughs> where, where would you feel comfortable drafting Trey Lance? Uh, maybe like a round or two later. I, I just – I the quarterbacks that got drafted after him. Dude, and between him are disgusting. Between, yeah, Will Levis and Kenny Pickett, and it's a Trey Lance trip. is in the middle. You have to like Kenny. Like no, Trey Lance is the pick a hundred percent of the time in that group. Like it, oh yeah, he, of those three, I'd take Trey Lance. Yeah. It, so yeah, so his yeah. value is the seventh round. Then, but, but like, then you take oh, off over him. I would take off over him. I would consider Jordan Love. Oh, you consider Jordan Love over Trey Lance? Yeah, I mean, they're both first-round picks who haven't shown anything in the NFL. I mean, if I'm taking Goff, I mean, Love at 9-1 and Lance at 7-8, I mean, it's a good question. Uh, but after that, it is kind of just a tier, so I get it. It's just a lot of uncertainty. Like, you know, if I'm taking my quarterback, too, like, I, I would rather have someone that I know for sure is going to start. Um no, I think that Lance has a chance to start the 49ers. I think there's a chance that if he doesn't start the 49ers, he gets traded. Um, but that's a, that's a big chance. And I don't know if I want to bank on that. I mean, I just think you're, you're being extremely like wary. This guy is a number three pick that hasn't played at all. Like he's absolutely going to get a chance. If he shows anything, he skyrockets to like a second round pick. Like there's, there's almost no downside at seven, eight. All he has to do is get on the field and he's going to get on the field at some point. And yeah, I, maybe it's not this year, but I highly doubt it's not this year. Uh, and he should be an extremely productive player for fantasy purposes as soon as he steps on the field with that offense 
and just his rushing ability. So I, I don't see why why anyone would be hesitant in the seventh round to draft Trey Lance. Um, Jared Goff is much older. Uh, I mean, yeah, he had a good season, uh, but I don't really know why everyone is so bullish on him. They they weren't a good team still. I don't care what anyone says. The Lions were not a good team. They're the fourth uh, best offense in the NFL. Okay, then they were a bad team. Like they didn't make the playoffs. The defense like, sucks. Yeah, yeah. I don't know and, if that's on golf. Like he didn't win games. Purposes. Like I, I mean, I, I, I don't expect golf to be a consistent starter for the Lions for years to come. Like I, he just he he was traded away from the Rams because he wasn't a winner, and he's just he's still not a winner. He was better than last year because the team was better. Yes, but. Like, I mean, Trey Lance is on a fantastic team and it was drafted number three overall and just hasn't played because of injury. Like, yeah, he had a, a Mr. Irrelevant that took his job, but it, it's a Mr. Irrelevant. They have nothing invested him in, in him. They have no reason to not try to see what Trey Lance has. And it's just a great team. And I like, yeah, to me, Trey Lance is a fantastic pick there. Uh, I, I would not want to have any of these other quarterbacks besides maybe Jordan Love, uh, like Kai said, because I do think Jordan Love has a potential. He's a first-round quarterback who also hasn't seen the field, and he should skyrocket in value just by really being anything. Uh, I, but, you know, I think it's even a different situation with Jordan Love because it's been years as the backup, and if he doesn't prove it in year one, then that's like it's been years of him learning that, you know, he just hasn't done anything. Although it has been years for Trey Lance, you know, it's been injuries and, and things like I don't know. It was just a crazy situation for Lance. So I I, I love Trey Lance in the seventh round. I, I think his upside is just immense, and he skyrockets really up four to five rounds basically immediately if he gets the job. I don't want to turn this into a Jared Goff-Trey Lance debate. I just, you know, I mean, I'm looking at Jared Goff's third year. He threw for 4,700 yards, 32 touchdowns, and went 13-3 and three on the Rams. I, I think that if Trey Lance did that this year, you know, everyone would be freaking out. But like if Goff does it, it's just like, uh, and I don't know. I just, I don't know why everyone continues to hate on Jared Goff, almost like a mean point. I know. I mean, no one's arguing. He's like a top quarterback in the NFL, but like you can definitely run a finely tuned offense, especially this lions offense and the way that they play. And I mean, dude was quarterback 10 last year. I think it was like QB 14 when you do points per game. Um, and for a guy that's, I mean, that's an that's a incredibly solid fantasy asset. It's probably like a top 30 score um, overall. And I just don't really get the disdain for Jared Goff really beyond the fact that he had like two bad years on the Rams. And even then they weren't even quite that bad. I think the disdain for Jared Goff is kind of like what Perlman was saying is like, He's, he's not a winner. Um, so he's more of like a bridge quarterback where like he'll be able to be there and put up and he, he can run the offense. He can run the offense that's asked of him. Um, but he's never going to elevate the offense. He's never going to uh, be able to make this offense because he, he still makes mistakes and misses. I, that, that's a problem to. with Jared and, Goff as a player, but I'm talking as a dynasty asset. Like you're telling me if he left the lions tomorrow, he would not get another starting job in the NFL. He would get a starting job, but it wouldn't be with this super dynamic, fast paced elite. Uh, offense with a terrible defense. That's perfect the for fantasy line in football. Yeah. Okay. 
like he had the perfect situation last year for fantasy an absolutely terrible defense and a, and a, a really good offense, a great offensive line, good skill position players. And he took advantage of it, but he really hasn't done that in the past besides one year. Uh, and that was five years I mean, ago. Besides his rookie year, he was quarterback 12, 6, 13, 20, 24, 10. Okay. I yeah. Mean, and Trey Lance has the potential to be a top five quarterback and, and Goff does not. He's a, he's a, he's a solid startable fantasy quarterback. Okay. Yeah, I just – I don't know. I think when I'm talking about my quarterbacks, I'm getting my quarterback two. I want my guy that has had quarterback one seasons and – I want a guy that has the potential. He's had like one in the last five years. And I, I want my quarterback to be a star. I want I want a – instead of star. Like I want a star stud quarterback, and that's never Jared Goff. It's it's not. And it has – Trey Lance has a chance at that. Yeah, I just think my risk tolerance is different because, you know, if I'm – taking this important player like that, then, uh, if he yeah, doesn't pan out, you, you, good. then, you know, the next year you get a good quarterback, your team is bad. Like <laughs> yeah, it's it, easy to do. It, 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 what do you mean? If your quarterback is horrible, if he doesn't play, you get, you get a good pick. Like I, the risk is, is absolutely worth it to me for someone okay. like Trey Lance in the seventh round. Yeah. If he was my quarterback on. three, I'd be more down, but yeah, we can move on. We don't have to play. It's not our fault that that guy um, didn't draft the second quarterback before that, but it's good value. Okay. Okay. I get you. Um, all right. So Trey Lance, Kenny Pickett, Rashad White, Chris Godwin, Jared Goff, Isaiah Pacheco at 8-1, Jahan Dotson 8-2, Amari Cooper, Michael Mayer, uh, Jamison Williams, Zach Charbonnet, Sam Laporta, uh, Calvin Ridley. And then we're up again at 8-9. And we wanted to keep up and get another young player because, again, we uh, had some older skilled guys there besides JSN. So we went with another rookie wide receiver, a guy that we all love. Uh, we went with Zay Flowers because Zay Flowers is that guy so fun to watch on film. Uh, he has a chance to be a dynamic playmaker. That offense wanted to go ahead and bank on the Ravens offense even more. Uh, was really happy to get him here at 8-9. Yeah, the NFL draft went number 20, Jackson Smith and Jigfoot. Number 21, Quentin Johnston. Number 22, Zay Flowers. Number 23, Jordan Addison. But this rookie draft... Fourth round, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Fifth round, Jordan Addison. Sixth round, Quentin Johnston. And here we are sitting there in the eight, end of the eighth round, and we get one of those first-round receivers. I don't know what, what these guys are, are doing. I mean, I'll, I'll take Zay Flowers up, down, sideways, yesterday, tomorrow. I'll do it again anytime you want me to. Zay's got, the pick right there. We got him like, what was it, like 27? I can't do math right now. 20... Uh, 31 picks after Quentin Johnson. Yeah, two and a half rounds, like way after. And, and yeah. yeah, he's one pick what? after him in the draft and one pick before Jordan Addison, who he got four and a half rounds, who he got him four and a half rounds after. So that's just good Nuts. value. That's smart drafting. I think, yeah. I think the, the thing that people are worried about is like the way that this Baltimore offense has been run in the past. But like Munkin is going to change this offense. This offense is going to be dynamic. This was the offensive coordinator for Georgia past two years it's going to be it's going to be elite uh, i'm super excited for it this year yeah it's just going to be so fun to watch that ravens offense and another playmaker like zay is going to really unlock the field for mark andrews so we're excited to see them both on the field at the same time uh wish we could have got even more pieces of the ravens offense because i love that offense but zay is going to be a really integral part here so come uh soon maybe not right off the rip but uh definitely definitely soon i don't expect obj to Stay healthy. I mean, it would be great if he does, but hasn't played a full season in a long time. Uh, and 
And so we'll, we'll see what they end up getting out of him. And hopefully Zay can take a starter role over sooner rather than later. And one thing we talked about too, is how Ladd McConkey is like with the Georgia and how he played. That's exactly what Zay Flowers can do with that Raven system. This new, uh, this new offense took him for a reason. And Bateman's not that guy. Odell can, Odell could be, I think, uh, in that type of role, but I just think Zay is going to be the more dynamic playmaker to really make the most out of those touches. Why not both? Why not both? Let's see. <laughs> it's going to be a fun us, offense. Baby. It's going to be a fun team for sure. It's going to be a um, really fun team. I'm excited. Oh, yeah. Need oh, Lamar yeah. to stay healthy. He's a, just a dog. Let's see that full year. Let's get him a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. All right. So after Zay went uh, Hollywood Brown at 810. George Pickens, 8-11. Deontay Johnson, 8-12. I'm just waiting until I stumble on someone's first name. Wrong Jordan order right Love. there. Just uh, on my point, Deontay over Pickens. Crazy. But, you know, it's all good. Yeah, Deontay yeah, should have been I'm over Pickens. I'm not a Pickens. big Pickens guy. I yeah. thought you said I read them wrong or something. No, 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 no. no, no. Uh, all right. Jordan Love, 9-1. Evan Ingram, 9-2. Love tight premium. That's why we went ahead and got Andrews and Kittle. Because uh, people started realizing I don't have a tight end. Uh, 9-3, Rashad Bateman. 9-4, we're back up, and we only had run, one running back up to this point. And we already had one old running back, and running backs you know, are generally somewhat replaceable, at least like you know you can just send a third for a guy that's starting at the moment, whatever handcuff that may be, uh, your Samaj P. Rines of the world. Uh, but we went ahead and got Joe Mixon at 9-4. So we bought on the dip on Joe Mixon. The Bengals only brought in uh, Chase Brown during the draft. Uh, and, you know, it's still going to be an incredibly high-powered offense. And if Joe Mixon just finds his way into the end zone every now and then and catches a few dump-offs a game, he's going to be the exact same kind of asset as he was last year. And, you know, I think I think people saying that the like the talent is gone for Mixon, it's not. It, it's not quite as dyna- dynamic as he was before, but he's not like an Ezekiel Elliott right now where he's just getting, like, like not much dynamism. He had like that 55 point game last year. He could still have those boom weeks. Um, and yeah, I was happy to get Mixon here, especially considering the other running backs around here. Yeah. It's also just the nature of the Bengals offense. They're going to score points. They're, they, they're a super explosive offense. Um, so to have the running back in a super explosive offense is that that's, that's fantasy gold. That's what you're looking for. That's why Isaiah Pacheco is being drafted at like the six seven turn in best ball drafts right now when he was a seventh rounder last year and he's uh being drafted that highly because he's the starting running back in, in a super explosive offense that's what you want um and it helps that joe mixon is also uh a pretty dynamic running back and he's uh, utilized uh, in the past game as well so um i, I love that we got joe mixon this late yeah, I mean, he's a good player, I guess. But you know I love me some rookies. A-Chain and Kendra went this round. I know. And I, know. I pushed for them. I wanted them. I wanted me some A-Chain because I don't got none. And we got all the Dolphins. But you guys said, let's go Joe Mixon. So we did. But no, nah, Mixon was RB10 we're last year. I mean, yeah, we're a democracy. We voted. And they said, fuck you. Your vote doesn't count. But <laughs> <laughs> he was RB10 in PPR last year and four the year before. So, I mean, he, he's got the situation. He's still got some of that talent left. He should be really good this year, help the win now strategy. But I think the I think those rookies are going to surprise some people. And they're going to be pretty good this year, too. So I, I'm sad to miss out on them. But I think he, you know, Mixon's still 26. Uh, there were some troubles in the offseason, uh, legal issues and whatnot, but 
seems to not have affected anything. And so Mixon is only 26, like I said. So there's a there's a chance he has a few more good years in him. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's not people a are also man. people are also considering like they, they said Mixon last season was bad. Like he was bad. He was a that was the talk. He was a bad running back last season. Finishes RB10. Um, if his bad running back seasons are is RB10, um, what are his good running back seasons like? Uh, so um, he he definitely still has that juice to him. So I, I, I'm excited for him this year. Uh, this Bengals offense is going to be insane again. So uh, love love me some mixing. And, and P Ryan's gone. So we'll see who gets used as the, as the third down running back. Right, yeah, I might have from... to take some Chase Brown late. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Moving on. I like that strategy, though, but don't give away our, our uh, plans here. Uh, moving <laughs> on from 9 4, uh, we got Sam Howell at 9 5. Uh, 9 6, uh, A Chain went, Devon A Chain. Not skipping a first name. Uh, nine seven, Jimmy Garoppolo, uh, Dalton Schultz, Kendra Miller, David Montgomery, Brock Purdy, Mike. Oh, almost spoiled it. Uh, this was a pick here that uh, it was one of the ones that we moved around during the Mark Andrews trade. Mark Andrews trade. Thank you. We switched um, our ten for this nine twelve. That's correct. And we got nine twelve here, and we were like, we need to share up for sorry, our eleven for nine twelve. I apologize. Sorry. Uh, and we decided that you know we had some young receivers. We had a couple stud older receivers. Uh, we had one. We only had Reek at this point for stud older receivers. So we really wanted to make sure that we got a second one, uh, someone that we know is going to put up solid points, have big boom weeks. And so we went and got Mike Williams. Uh, you know, having Kellen Moore come in, high volume passing offense. Mike Williams has the talent. He's just struggled a bit staying healthy. Uh, but he can have those huge weeks when he just gets a couple touchdowns and makes some just filthy catches. Uh, I remember watching Mike Williams a lot at Clemson and just loving him. Uh, and, you know, I'm happy that I have a share of him now. And, yeah, I thought it was a solid pick. What did we think here? Mike Williams still has good value. Like, I had Mike Williams in two leagues last year that I traded him away for first-round picks. To get him almost in the 10th round, like, I was really happy with that. I think there's a, a good chance Mike Williams is a, is a big part of our team. You know, we may have to put up with those two-point weeks like he did in week one last year. But uh, usually, when healthy, he's a very, very productive receiver. They've got a new offense uh, with Kellen Moore. Like Kai said, we we like we think Kellen Moore is a good offensive mind. He had a very high-powered offense in in Dallas. So that should be really good for Mike Williams. Uh, Quentin Johnston may need some time to get ready. So Mike should be the two, at least for, I think this year. Uh, and Keenan's getting older. Mike is only 28 right now. So he should still have some years left. So I really like getting a really productive receiver like Mike Williams tied to a good quarterback and a good offense uh, here almost in the 10th round. Yeah, it feels like the market is kind of down on Mike Williams just because there people are forgetting like how good Mike Williams is when he's healthy. Um, I know that the when he's healthy part is uh, a big part of like why he's getting pushed down draft boards, but he's he's an elite player and this Chargers offense is going to score a lot of points. They're going to run a lot of plays. He's going to get a lot of targets. Um, so I'm I'm excited that we got Mike Williams this late and he's a. Uh, we got him as our second flex right now. That's going to be uh, pretty, pretty strong down there. And I, I like our flexes uh, that we can put up, that we can uh, set our lineup with uh, week to week. So I'm um, going to continue to build that up throughout the rest of this draft. 
Okay, moving on from Mike Williams, uh, we then went to 10-1 and went Miles Sanders, Jonathan Mingo, Matt Stafford, Greg Dulcich, TyJ Spears, Brian Robinson, Mac Jones, Gabe Davis, and then we're up again at 10-9, and we're like, hey, you know, we're just probably get our third quarterback here. Uh, and we, we were thinking Mac Jones, we went right before us, and we ended up going Desmond Ritter here at 10-9. Look, it's kind of a gross pick, um, but we really wanted to get a third quarterback here. You got to um, explain the quarterbacks left on the board were Ryan Tannehill, Hendon yeah. Hooker, Malik Willis, Baker Mayfield, Tom Brady, for some reason, is the next in ADP, Stetson Bennett, Zach yeah. Wilson, Dory. Like, you're really getting into it. Yeah, I think Ritter was like the last quarterback that you could say is like guaranteed to be the starter throughout the season. Exactly. Uh, except maybe, maybe Heineke if Ritter's really bad. But... Yeah, but Ritter's already been named the starter, so we can get yeah. Heineke extremely late for a, a backup something. But Ritter's been named the starter. They're going to give him a shot. So I, I like getting our third quarterback really as the last starting quarterback. And Ritter has such good talent around him. There's a real Pretty shot. That, too. Yeah, that he could be a fantasy producer. So I like Ritter. I actually really like, like, like retrospectively, like I really like this pick. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah, Josh was against it. This is who want. Tra- this is who Trey Lance wants to be. Yeah. Okay. This, this was a this starting was, job athleticism. <laughs> I was definitely going back and forth on it, but now that we've made the pick, like I'm, I'm actually very happy about this pick. Um, this Falcons offense, I think it's gonna be pretty good this year. Um, and this Ritter has. Yeah, and like he's he's so fast. He ran a, he ran a four five forty. If if they run the RPO with him and Bijan Robinson, that's going to be a pretty uh, nice wrinkle to the Atlanta game that uh um, can unlock a lot of uh, offensive potential that I think has been uh, w- was missing a little bit last year. I mean this this team was one of the best rushing offenses in the NFL. Um, and Tyler Algier and Cordero Patterson and Caleb Huntley were their running backs. Um, so now they bring in Bijan Robinson. This this offense could get could could be very very fun, and I like that Desmond Ritter is uh, at the helm, um, leading this offense. Uh, so hopefully he can produce this year, and then we have a solid QB three. Yeah, hopefully he's a starter for the next years to come. But we'll see. Hopefully, you know he's got the weapons in place to to make him to solidify himself. So you know he's just got to prove it. All right, all right. Moving on from the Ritter pick. At uh, 10-9, we're at 10-10, James Cook, Ryan Tannehill, Alex Madison, uh, David Njoku, Keenan Allen, Aaron Jones. Our uh, 11-4 got moved uh, in the Andrews trade, uh, and we picked it the, some other time. Um, I'm sure Jared has that number somewhere. Uh, Elijah Moore, 11-5, uh, Chig and Conquo at 11-6. Uh, Cole Komet, 11-7, starting to get a bit grimy here. Uh, Mike Evans, 11-8. We were thinking about him, uh, picking him at some point as well. Marvin Mims, uh, Kadarius Toney, Dalvin Cook at 11-11. 11-12, DeAndre Hopkins, 12-1, Tyler Lockett. Rasheed Rice, 12-2. A.J. Dillon, Roshan Johnson, Tank Bigsby, Juju Smith-Schuster. We're coming up on us, I promise. Uh, Jaden Reed. Then we had Luke Musgrave. And then... We were up again, 12-9, and, you know, I, I, I shit on this guy a lot last year um, because I, I realized that Ron Rivera hated him, and we went Antonio Gibson. Uh, I think with McKissick gone and drafting Rodriguez, that kind of solidifies what the Washington backfield's going to look like this year, and Rodriguez and Robinson are the same kind of player. Rodriguez is just a worse Brian Robinson, and Gibson's going to be taking that passing down work 
finally, hopefully, we can we can hope that he would. The college wide receiver finally getting involved in the passing game. Can you believe it? Um, Ron Rivera giving the ball to guys that are actually dynamic. Crazy, I know. Um, but we wanted to get Gibson Hughes if that was good value. I know Josh's uh, league had him go uh, at a startup with him going around here. Some thirteen one. Yeah. yeah, so we were pretty confident that we could get him here, but weren't so confident he'd be dropping after that. Uh, it, he's been in the league for a bit, but he's still only 24 years old. Um, and he's deceptively big. He's like 220 pounds, too. So, I mean, we think Chris Rodriguez isn't very good. Reports say Washington thinks he's pretty good um, for some reason. Um, I always love those things when said like, oh, we saw him as like a third-round pick. <laughs> and then they waited to like the fifth or sixth round to get him. It's just like, why would you? Why? Um, anyway, I was I, good pick here. Helps us get a bit younger in the running back room, too. Yeah. And I think people are forgetting a little bit that, I mean, Antonio Gibson, people are down on Antonio Gibson just because there's been so much hype around him the past few years. Um, and he's kind of disappointed those, those high expectations that have been set for him. Um, but he's produced, he was the RB12. Two years ago, he was the RB13 his rookie year in, in PPR. Um, and then because of injuries last year, he was RB27. Um, and I, I I think that's – he's mispriced. He's very, very far mispriced. 24-year-old running back who's had an RB1 uh, um, season in his career. And then he adds uh, Eric Bieniemy now calling this offense. Like this is – I think that there's a lot of potential uh, for this Washington offense to be pretty explosive. Um, and – Hopefully for our sake, Kai's, uh, that is the case because I think this offense could be very fun to watch this year. Yeah, I think Hal has the chops to have like maybe not be like the answer quarterback, but definitely enough to like have a like a good fantasy offense if that makes sense. Um, Facts. He'll get you guys to like a nice eight and nine season. So that you guys yeah, that's what I was thinking. I told Neil exactly that. Like we'll finish eight and nine. <laughs> <laughs> Our Super Bowl is getting rid of Dan Steiner, so I don't really care what happens this year. We can whatever. I don't care. Nah, I like to give you pick those. It's good getting younger at running back, being only twenty four with three years experience in the league already. I didn't realize he was six two two twenty. If I'm being honest, he's kind of big as shit. Uh, so I like that too. Yeah. Yeah. And like Josh said, the enemy is, a, should be a good play caller. We think he is. Uh, so that should liven up the offense a bit. And honestly, I mean, if Gibson doesn't resign, like that's best case scenario, like nobody likes a Washington player usually. So get him on another team. I'd be happy about it. Uh, but I still think he should be productive uh, in Washington this year too. So in the 12th round, I mean, that's a really, really good pick. I, I, there's not anyone I would have preferred, um, really at all. There, there's some of the potential rookie players that I liked had already gone. Uh, and I think, you know, Gibson was just extreme value there at 12, nine. I was really happy with that. Yeah. And, um, we know if, if Gibson were to ever go to a different team, he would immediately become the RB one <laughs> in fantasy. Uh, cause everyone who leaves, uh, every single Washington team immediately becomes the league MVP the next year. Especially if you're a kicker, man. The list of former <laughs> Washington kickers that have yeah. have good NFL careers is insane. Dude, they've all won like Super Bowls. <laughs> yeah, and they've they been so bad for you. Like ass, and then they're just like. I remember we used to call Graham Gano Graham Ganot, which was kind of funny. <laughs> <laughs> Graham Ganot good. Um, and then he hit what like a 67 <laughs> yard. Yeah, uh, that was yeah. crazy. Yeah. Remember Sean Schwezum? Oh, yeah, Sean Swedish went on to win a Super Bowl with the Steelers. <laughs> There's yeah. definitely a couple other. I don't think anybody too. cares about the Washington kickers, though, if I'm being honest. <laughs> I care. 
Yeah, but our listeners definitely don't. So <laughs> the the real goat here is Tressway, though. All right, let's move on. <laughs> well, you don't want to talk about Washington punters? Come on. No, I don't think so. Um, all right, twelve ten. Uh, we're coming up to the end here, by the way, because we only are, uh, just got past our pick in the thirteenth round. So we have one more pick to discuss. But it went twelve ten. Trey McBride. Twelve eleven. John Mechie. Twelve twelve. Josh Downs. Thirteen one. Isaiah Likely. Uh, so again, just the tight ends are going. That's crazy. So. Yeah, I mean, this is why we got Kittle. We, this is why we did this. Uh, it came a bit later than we thought, but we don't even have to think about it. 13-2 was someone that we wanted to get. The guy with likely Fryer. already has Njoku and Fryermuth. Why would he take Isaiah Likely at 13? That's just uh, crazy. Yeah, because you can get like any tight end with his profile. Yeah, like on. there's a lot of potential tight ends that you could get. I don't know. That's go just get, crazy. Like, go get me. like Jelani Woods or Daniel Bellinger or someone like that. Um, yeah. Especially with Mark Andrews in front of me. I don't know what the path yeah, is there. Anyway, yeah, anyway. Um, 13-2. Uh, James Conner, we were looking at him. I mean, he seems like a really good option for this year. The Cardinals are going to be bad, so they're probably going to give him the ball relentlessly for no reason. Uh, there's not really a great depth behind him either. Uh, 13-3, a pick that really surprised me. Uh, Romeo Dubs um, was surprised to see him up here, especially how much he faded toward the end of the year. I mean, I think Dubs just seems kind of like a bit of a jag to me, um, you know, like solid, but that's about that. Have uh, you seen Christian Watson's stats uh, when Roman Dubs is on the field? And Kai's a Dubs hater, but that's okay because they got Reed, so I'm a Dubs hater now too. <laughs> uh, I, I think I've seen those, but I think those stats require a lot of context because Watson was playing so hurt like when Dubs was playing or, not, pl- or not playing at all. Um, anyway. And then 13-14, 13-4, excuse me, uh, was our pick. And the last pick of this draft so far in all of its 42 rounds. It's going on two weeks or something like that, really, the 13th round. So hopefully we finish by the, end, by the start of the season. Uh, we decided to go uh, with Sky Moore here. Um, it's starting to be a good, bit gross. These guys got problems. Uh, but, I mean, even if you're just comparing Moore to Dubs back-to-back, first or second round pick against, like, fourth or fifth round pick in Dubs, um, even though on Dubs the Chiefs more, versus yeah, on but, the Packers. Yeah, I mean, he's got the capital. He's on the Chiefs. Uh, and, you know, even if he has, like, a bit of a role, he's going to have those spike weeks. It'll be a really good bye week filling, if, especially if you get lucky. Um, but, yeah, I, mean, I think we're, this was just an upside play here. I was thinking about maybe, like, Jacoby Myers here. We're talking about Cortland Sutton, uh, guys like that. But uh, Jared was thinking Hendon Hooker, too. I wasn't so on board with that, but I understand. Uh, but yeah, I think Sky here was just an upside pick um, and getting another young receiver on board. Yeah, I really like Sky more. Um, I do want to touch on the Christian Watson Romeo Dubs thing one more time, uh, just because I, I pulled the tweet back up and this is actually pretty shocking to me. I sent the link to the tweet in the chat, but um, for all of the listeners, Christian Watson split uh, sharing the field with Romeo Dubs. So there were 10 games this season where Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs were both on the field. Uh, Christian Watson averaged 6.5 PPR points per game. Uh, There were four games where Romeo Dubs missed the game. um, And in those games, Christian Watson averaged 24.8 points. Um, So a massive, massive difference when Romeo Dubs was on the field and off the field. So I'm really interested to see um, how this Green Bay Packers offense shakes out with all three of Dubs, Watson, and... um, uh, Jaden Reed all sharing the field together. I, I'm I'm really really curious. Uh, Perlman, do you have any thoughts on it? 
I think, yeah, the, the, this this receiver room is just very, very ambiguous. Kai's, uh, anything to add? Yeah, I mean, I think that just speaks to how they should get Christian Watson the ball more because when he's the guy, he's proven he can be the guy way more than Dubs. Um, I think early in the season, too, well, I mean, Watson didn't really do much anything of training camp um, because he had those injuries. He missed like a handful of games at the start of the year. Uh, and that was a lot of the times when he and Dubs were on the same field together. Uh, so I think missing the training camp, being injured again in the year, and then seeing and when when Dubs and Watson were on the field at the same time, of course Dubs was going to outperform because he had that great training camp, great preseason. And then Watson, once he got his feet on the ground, and then when Dubs was out also, he did really well. So I don't really know why it, it would swing back at Dubs' way, especially when you got the physical tools that Watson has. Um, but, yeah, I, I think it was just an Aaron Rodgers being picky and familiar thing and then uh, getting familiar with Christian Watson towards the end of the year uh, more than anything. But I think Watson's talent is way above Dubs. Okay, so what do you think this season now with Jordan Love at quarterback? But this year... Who's going to lead the team in receptions? In receptions? God, I don't know. Is and then who leads it receiving yards? I don't yards? know if anyone gets above 60. Really? I, I, it's just tough because you got to consider Aaron Jones, too. Yeah. I think in receptions, it should be Watson. In receiving yards, it'll be Watson. Receptions, I think you can make a case for Reed. I think, but I just because of the slot touches. I think it should be Watson as well, though. So just, guys, to break it down a little bit more with the actual game. So from weeks one to nine, Watson barely played, like 29%, 23%, stuff like that. And then 10 to 13, Dubs missed, and he balled. 31, 19, 21, 24. And then they had a bye. Dubs comes back. Nine, 9.6, 2.4 against Minnesota, a horrible Minnesota whole game? secondary. He played 60% of the game, 60% he of got, snaps. He got hurt in there, and, too, because one of the yeah. games he played 38% snaps, the other one he played 60. I mean, 38% snaps. He also had six catches. So, I mean, he had eight targets. I think that I remember was he got plenty. hurt in the Miami game. Okay. And he also had eight targets, six catches, and only had 49 yards. Uh, and then Minnesota, he, he again had five targets, only one catch, and – he played 60% of the snaps. He had five targets. That's a lot. One catch for 10 yards. And then he played another garbage secondary in Detroit, and he had 18 points. So there, there were some splits there that are not great. The Rams, Miami, and Minnesota weren't the best secondaries, and he did not put up great numbers. Uh, Dallas and Tennessee started his run. Dallas gave up a lot of points to wide receivers, so Tennessee. Uh, but then he did ball against Philly, who has a great secondary. Uh, but – yeah, it was it was a interesting split of games there. I think uh, I will. I mean, I, I think he's he still should be a productive receiver for them. But it it is interesting to to see that split in my mind. I don't know. Very interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think that's. I, I think I would want a larger sample size there too. Also, like the touchdown regression too um, from those last games. The receiving totals were similar. Um, I know in those Dallas game in the Philly game, he had those big touchdowns, uh, which inflated the receiving yards. Uh, but across the board, the, those receiving yards were about similar. It's really the touchdowns that were different. And that was kind of an unprecedented run for a rookie of touchdowns. I mean, seven and four games is nuts. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think Watson. So wouldn't you predict the fewer then? I mean, the like not doing that again? 
Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I would. Um, I think with Watson, I mean, he was always a developmental player who has insane physical traits. And, you know, I think it, the best way to use Christian Watson is to get the ball in his hands in open space because he can outrun everybody on the field, as he showed, especially with that touchdown they caught from Jordan Love against Philly. Um, but, you know, I think Watson's the kind of guy that's just going to get better with time uh, or he should get better with time. Uh, as he refines his game a little bit and you know the Packers just drafted him for his physical tools and they're known to draft guys that have high RAS scores I'm pretty sure too uh, like this year that that was the Van Ness the, 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 the edge rusher they got uh, his name is something like that uh, but you know and that just seems to be the type of player they want and I, I think that what Jordan loves responsibility should be should just be get the ball full stride for Christian Watson, have him run slants. Uh, I think reception perception said he had a really good success rate on slants. Uh, and I, I don't know if Watson's ever going to be like a true alpha kind of guy. I just don't think the ball skills are quite there yet, but I think because of his elite athletic skills, he will be able to produce a, like a wide receiver two clip at his peak, a consistent wide receiver two uh, clip at his peak because of those physical skills, despite not maybe getting the the targets that you might want out of an alpha guy that that's at his peak in my opinion. Okay. Um, you're, you're pretty high on Christian Watson. Um, so I appreciate that stance. Um, it's, it's a really ambiguous receiving room and it's, it's tough to know. Um, I, I was going back and looking at like how Christian Watson's produced like in college um, and his max receiving yards output in college was 801 receiving yards off 43 receptions, seven touchdowns um, in his senior year at North Dakota State. Um, so I would have liked to see a little bit more production playing against FCS competition. Uh, throw the ball. Yeah, they just don't throw yeah, much. Yeah. Trey Lance's production there was like pretty terrible, too, because they don't throw. Yeah, I mean, I understand that. Um, I, I'm just wondering if if. Christian Watson is capable of putting up like a 1300 yard, 10 touchdown season. Um, me too. Me too. <laughs> I will also say his slant percentage is red on this little reps- reception Was perception it? chart. 73.3%. Yes. For success. Rate. I don't think the colors matter. I think, I think they do matter. I mean, 73 is, is it's like an okay percentage. You want to see above 80% for slants. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying with Watson, though, is he still needs a refinement. He was showing promise with slants. I'm not saying but you, you seem But you seem bullish on his ability to develop. Um, I'm not. I'm just uh, I'm saying that at his peak, if he develops, that's what he would be. Uh, obviously, players cannot develop. Sometimes they're just this is what they are. Um, I think it's kind of a fallacy to think that they're always going to get better because um, that doesn't happen. And in, in this draft, not to belabor the point with four ten. I would not have taken Christian Watson at four ten personally. Okay. Um, I, I honestly, it's a tough evaluation because he's got all those physical tools that give him great potential, but is he able to refine them and develop? I mean, that's what we're waiting to see. Uh, and you're kind of just banking on athletic potential there, which you know I don't hate. If that's what you want to do, if you want to have a guy that take, that can take it to the house every single play, sure. But so can Marquez Valdez Scantling. So like we, you know, like we we don't really know here. And I think he's going to be better than MVS, but we don't know. He's a high upside, uh, high upside swing for sure. Hell of a best ball player, I think. All right. Well, that seems to be the end of our discussion today.
Uh, thanks everyone for listening in to join uh, us today. Uh, we will be tweeting out a link of this draft. Uh, so make sure to follow us on Twitter at Unending Rebuild. Uh, and you'll be able to see and follow along with the draft, see who else is in the league. Uh, and yeah, let us know your thoughts on it in the replies. Appreciate everybody.